overview of the Revelation. So what we started out with was just a, a picture of the world of the Revelation, um, historical background of it, what it would be like to be a Christian in that time frame to be walking around this kind of period, things, that kind of persecution, and him be going through those trials and temptations where at any given moment a Roman official would come up and say, hey, would you declare that Caesar is Lord? Lord of Wellingham uh, Shire, no, it would be like declaring that Caesar is God. And that's what they would do. They knew that Christians could not agree with this. And of course, if they did not agree with this, they would just have to take those Christians at times. So it was a very, very time uh, time for Christians to live. And we spent a lot of time talking about that. We talked about the symbolism of Revelation, and we talked about the numerical denomination that we find inside of the Revelation.
them. Uh, I don't see that we can stomach that kind of stance uh, going back and forth in both uh, areas, especially with Jesus. And it's uh, about a year long in the kingdom of, of Jesus. It's going to take about a year to build the relationship. So this is something we're close to. And out of nowhere, an old contact that I had from back in my undergrad years at Hudson University, and she preached the revival.
So, number one, heart feeding, keep stress, and God speaks to people. This is another scripture we've got to get back. Hebrews 6, 17, 18, the Bible says, But God, determining to show more abundantly to the heir of the promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things, and incidentally, immutable means unchangeable, not changing, constant, two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. That's one. I have strong consolation if you have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope of the book. You don't know what the second immutable thing is? Back to the end of the book, you don't speak the book of chapter 3 now, but it's there. Is my Lord there? He's a son, right? He is coming in right there. That is unchangeable. And biblically, that's an unchangeable fact. God can't lie, but Jesus Christ is coming again. So there's some things to remember, some things you can be encouraged by. You can take God's word as truth, and you can take God's word to the bank, and you can stand on it knowing that God speaks the truth, because the Bible tells us God can't lie. That's what we need to learn from that slide. God can't lie. Let's look at our next slide. Number two, Pops approves the Bible is God's word. He wants them to have a book of rules, wouldn't he? In fact, he probably have a book of rules. She were to go to other denominations that could have books of church discipline. She were to go over to the Methodist church, and I'm not going to figure out how to do church tonight, but if you were to go to the Methodist church, they had a book of church discipline. You can read, you can master, and you can memorize, and you can become in your church discipline. The elders and presentation, maybe did that make sure they practice church discipline. If you were a Boy Scout, you have a What if you were in the National Football League that we were just talking about a minute ago? Is there a book of rules? Yes, there is. The Professional Golfing Association, is there a book of rules? Of course there is. There is a book of rules. Oh, there's even rules of how we go to war. It's called the Geneva Convention Rules. In fact, the United States military has the rules of conflict, right? We have those rules of engagement where we and how we engage potential So, if our Bible was just a book of rules, how boring would that be? How boring would it be? Our Bible's not just a book of rules. It's one-third prophecy. And that prophecy is coming true. And because it comes true, true, that's God's Word. So, the second reason why God has given us Bible prophecy is the truth that the Bible is God's Word. The fact is that the Bible is the only book ever written that contains genuine, fulfilled prophecy. These prophecies were filled to the very truth. Filled by the prophecy through the Bible is truly God's word, so we can place our faith and trust in it, and it's awesome. Let me stop right there for a second. About 20 years ago, a movie came out. That movie came out saying that there were some prophecies that were coming true. Code, the Da Vinci Code, right? And they were saying, well, Da Vinci had some prophecies that came true. Did he? No. How about some of the other ones that came out that said this particular uh, 
old-fashioned prophet that made headlines again came out of nowhere and said, well, he's about one-fifth correct. Number three, you look at the ten views of why prophecy 
so important. It so encourages us. Number three, trust and show that God is in control. Not circumstances. Not chaos. Not pure luck. Not
not just floating around on a big, spinning orb out in outer space with no purpose and no meaning. And as atheists and as evangelists, they would also say, well, God has crafted a purpose for every person and made because he loves his children, and they would debate that all the time and say, no, if there is a God who's left us, and I'm going wrong, God didn't leave us broken. God gives us opportunity to come back to Jesus. All right, let's move on to the next one. God has also planned a destination for the faithful. He wants us to live with him in heaven and on the new earth forever. Now, incidentally, God has planned a destination for the faithful. He's also planned a destination for the unfaithful. And you probably know what that is. Right? He wants us to live with him in heaven and on the new earth forever. And so he gives us prophecy to show how the world will see will end with the faithful living forever with our loving heavenly Father in the eternal state. In the eternal state. Heaven, new earth. Jerusalem, however you want to describe it, like this. My view is we're going to be in the presence of God and all the time. Wherever it is, is irrelevant, we're going to be with Him. And that is what one of the prophecies gives us. It gives us a God's love. Let's take a look at the scriptures now. Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of the most sad prophets that ever lived. He's talking to weeping prophets. And if you want, he goes to his people and he tells them, surrender to Babylon. He tells them, give in to Babylon. It's God's judgment, God's punishment. God is telling Nebuchadnezzar to take us captive. And you guys are fighting against God. You need to stop doing it. And the whole world hates Jeremiah. People say, you're a traitor. The government says, you're an insurrectionist. Sounds familiar? He is treated like trash. One time he goes down to the bottom of a well in the miry place. He's rescued with a rope. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, cries over his people. They do not hear the prophecy of his people. And this is one of the prophecies he tells those people. Listen to that. Broken, defeated. Judge, punish people. God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Say it's the Lord. Thoughts of shalom, not of harm, not of evil. Give you a peace and a hope. This is just part of the shaping, and this is just part of the removing of what you've let inside your heart and in your life. You've got to be cleansed, and you've got to be made holy, and you've got to be made new. I've got plans to make you brand new. I've been looking for God to do that in my life. Well, you know what? Take Jeremiah's advice and accept the punishment of the Lord. Sometimes we forget that God chastens those whom He loves. Somebody say amen. You might be saying, is God punishing me? Might be. Not been punished. That's where you really need to be worried. Well, conviction, we are getting punished. That's where we just praise God. Take it, Lord. We move on. Listen to the love of Jeremiah 29 11. I know what thoughts I have for you, saith the Lord. I know what I'm thinking about you. I know what my mind is saying. I know what my heart is saying. I know the thoughts I have for you. Thoughts to give you peace, to bring you to a peaceful end. This will only be
future for Jewish people is the Messiah. Hope for Jewish people is the Messiah. And to give us thoughts and not evil is the Messiah. What Jeremiah is saying is God is going to give us Jesus Christ. And he did. Amen. Next slide, please. Number five. We're going to leave off tonight after this one. But I do want to let you out a little bit early. Five. Bible prophecy describes God's plan. That's right. God doesn't necessarily say you need to get to Jesus. As Baptist preachers, we often say that. Well, you don't get to know what all God's doing. So we get to see just a little bit of God's plan. Say amen because we saw all of it. We still overreach Christ. Did you know that? We can't even begin to comprehend what God is doing. And He tells us that. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. He tells us these things. But, father, and I love being a father. 
dads are guilty of anything, it's telling our boys sometimes to hurry up. Amen? In fact, we'd be like, I told you to do that. You need to get around to doing it. You need to pick up the pace. So if anybody counts anything black Thank you. 